Vinny episode 1167 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode number 1167. This is FDH managing partner Rick Morris here. And we've got a real treat today. We are recapping the 2019 World Series, and we are doing so with a gentleman who covered it up close. Bill Ladson, of course, covers the Washington Nationals for MLB.com. And in the course of his wide-ranging media career, I have taken note of the fact that uh, he had uh, once hosted a podcast called Newsmakers, which uh, we can appreciate that. This is the show where nothing is off topic. So we're talking baseball here today, but we're always a fan of talking to anyone who is a real renaissance man and can talk about anything. So I am confident this is going to be an excellent conversation about the 2019 World Series. Bill, thank you so much for taking time to be in the FDH Lounge today, sir. How are you? Doing all right. Real pleasure. And uh, again, I really, really, really am going to be interested to hear about what it was like up close covering this thing because uh, from a distance it was fascinating enough. You start with the notion that uh, this is the rare, not just championship event, uh, but a seven-game series of any kind in any sport with the road team taking every single game. I mean, as, as far as oddities go in your media career, as far as weird things you've covered, where does that dynamic rank up there? Uh, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, when the Astros had 3-2 lead in the series, and going back to Houston, I really thought the uh, Astros were going to win it, win it all. But, but then again, though, you got to remember why the Nationals went all the way this year. They went all the way because they changed the way they used their bullpen. If you remember during the postseason, they really didn't use their bullpen that much. What they did, uh, it wasn't very good, so they decided you know, we're going to put Steven Strasburg as a reliever. We're going to put, um, you know, uh, Corbin as a reliever. We're going to have Scherzer as a reliever. I think that was the difference. I think the way he changed, um, Dave Martinez changed his bullpen, that was the difference, I thought, because no one questions what's going on with the stars. And they're great stars. So that was the issue. The issue was always going to be the bullpen and Dave Martinez and uh, the front office that changed everything. That's one of the interesting things about baseball and the way that it uh, really kind of changes on the fly within the course of a couple of years because you go back to 2015 and everybody was thinking that Kansas City had really kind of uh, revolutionized things here. They, they really didn't have the, uh, the money to go out and get much in the way of starting pitching outside of Johnny Cueto, so they loaded up 7th inning, 8th inning, ninth inning, doing it that way. And uh, the next year in the World Series, my hometown Cleveland Indians, somewhat kind of copying that uh, with Andrew Miller coming in to be a second closer. So that's really sort of been the trend uh, up until fairly recently here, is, is trying to maximize, you get that lead, and analytics have really kind of backed this up the last couple of years with, with, with teams just getting so many 
hard throwers coming in in the late innings. But, uh, you know, you wonder if Washington in the way that they did it could spur a kind of counter trend as far as uh, how to, to make your, uh, your bullpen, I don't want to say necessarily uh, obsolete, but really not that big of an issue in the postseason, or at least not enough of a liability to keep you from winning at all. That's what's really, really interesting is the way that Kansas City did it, that seemed attractive to a lot of teams because it's a little bit more of a cost-efficient way of doing things. You can get a young guy who throws hard to come in in the seventh inning. Uh, the way that Washington's doing it, you're having to run your high-priced talent out there as much. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if that catches on as much or, or not because, like you said, I mean, the path of least resistance for Washington at this point is just to get better in the bullpen because it's not going to cost them nearly as much as it would cost to upgrade in other areas, I think, for the most part. Right, and also, too, you know, I don't see it happening like during the regular season mm -hmm. because, I mean, I mean, obviously the arms, sure. man, they'll get tired and, you know, they, they'll come on. Believe me when I tell you that. So I think so the bottom line is the, uh, the Nationals are, they have to, they have to get some bullpen help. I mean, I don't know, Daniel, we don't even know the game. That will be a fascinating story to follow, and in terms of the way that everything lined up for them this year, you go back to, uh, again, the wild card game and a sense that I had when, when uh, that uh, fateful thing happened there late in the game, Juan Soto singling to, uh, to right field, then comes the error, and Washington's able to kind of blow the game open, come back in a game. Because it really looked like here we go again, I'm sure, for all the Nationals fans up to that point. This is a team that had been uh, the standard bearer for futility in the National League in, in the past decade, uh, outpacing even the Dodgers, because at least the Dodgers have been to the World Series the last two years. But when I watched that, Bill, and I'll be very curious to know if you agreed with me at the time, I had a sense, because I'm thinking to myself, there's teams that go on tremendous runs after this. This looks like a team of destiny kind of thing right here. And I said on our preview for the postseason, I didn't pick them to beat L.A., but I said they're a live dog, they're a team that's going to be dangerous. And even though I picked L.A. in five, I said I wouldn't be surprised if this spurred Washington to something bigger and better. Little did I know it would be the World Series in the end. But when you watched that in that moment, did you have a, the instinct that it could be transformative the way that I did? Yes, I did. I, I really did. And, 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 again, it goes back to what David, what David Martinez did in that game. I, I think what, what helped uh, the Nationals win that game was, number one, after Scherzer was done, who did you put in? Steven Strauss. And then, who didn't allow any runs to dominate Milwaukee. And then, it allowed uh, the team 
uh, they were better, better. Actually, they let Ryan Harper go. Mm-hmm. And Juan Soto was better. I'm sorry. He's better. Robles has improved dramatically. I mean, and Adamie. I mean, he improved after the second half of the season. So I, I think um, it helps that their offense um, really came through in the clutch. And it, they had some help, too, in every right field. And uh, it, it really helped. I agree with you that uh, it was a team of destiny after that. It really was, and and I can say uh, somewhat facetiously, uh, as as a longtime uh, keeper league fantasy owner of Michael Taylor, uh, imagine if that guy had lived up to the pedigree, what the offense would be like right now. <laughs> well, you know, let me tell you something. I think Michael Taylor. I think for some reason this is just me. Uh-huh. I think Michael Taylor has figured it out. Okay. And I would love to see him get a chance again. I think he's figured it out. No one's ever questioned. I mean, he's, he's not a fan, he's improved like during the postseason. But I think he's figured it out, and uh, I hope that he's able uh, to get that chance that women have to next, next year. I don't know, because Adam Eve is coming back. So, what do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, and that's something to look for, uh, definitely, you know. But this this team, with, with everything that they were bringing to bear, and when they started to get on that roll in the National League playoffs, I'm, I'm very curious to know what it was like in terms of the fan base, uh, because again, you don't have to go back very far, uh, not even a year and a half in that same town. One of the big standard bearers for futility in the NHL uh, playoffs over the last decade and a half, the Washington Capitals, they finally break through, uh, in, in their case, finally getting past Pittsburgh, which uh, had been their bugaboo for so long. They, they, they pull through, they win. Was there any kind of sense from the fan base hey, once things really started to get going of here we go again, we're going to have another team that is going to break the futility barrier and go all the way? Well, I think it's, again, it started with, uh, it started with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think it started in that, in that wild card game. And once the Nationals won that game, it was like the Buckaboo was taking off the, not just the fans, but the players as well, like they could finally win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was the national. I'm not talking about the Expos. We talk about this is the national's first ever uh, playoff uh, victory. Yes. So I think, I think after that, it, it changed. And uh, although there was some bumpy, some bumpy roads, you know, against the Dodgers and against the Dodgers especially, I just think um, they found a way to get it done. And I credit Dave Martinez for that because, you know, I mean, you heard what everyone said. Um, he definitely um, I mean, I tell you, he, he deserves, you know, um, to be manager of the year. Even though he's not in the top three, um, he should be up there. He did a great job. Well, he was, uh, he'll always go down in history as the guy who was there for the breakthrough and who guided them over the top, no question about that. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, uh, he really did a great job going through the playoffs. The, the National League Championship Series, I would say even more than I suspected. I suspected it could have been a little bit anticlimactic because the metrics that I was looking at coming in suggested that, with all due respect, uh, uh, the the, the St. Louis uh, Cardinals were the team in the National League playoffs. It was like one of these is not like the other. Quite frankly, I thought Atlanta was going to get through uh, against the Dodgers in the NLCS. Uh, That's why Vegas makes as much money as they do because of folks like me, I guess. But St. Louis makes its way through, but... When you really look at it, whether it be the lineup depth, whether it be uh, the depth of uh, dominant starting pitching, as good as St. Louis's is, 
to me, they just didn't really measure up with, with Washington, and, and yet I was surprised at the magnitude of the beatdown. Were you at all surprised, and, and did it tell you anything about what their chances might be against whoever was going to be the American League champion? Well, first of all, I, I think everybody was shocked that the Cardinals were swept by the Nationals. I, I agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be as easy as it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, the bottom line was, I mean, the starting pitching, uh, with, one, with the exception of Wainwright, uh, the starting pitching had let them down. Yeah. No offense as well. No offense. So, uh, if you have credit the starters, the starting pitching for that, Again, my pick going into the World Series, I, I thought Houston would win in six. I, I thought what we had seen thus far in the American League playoffs, I thought pass was going to be prologue in that. I thought Washington would take them basically right to the brink the way that the Yankees did, the way that especially Tampa did in the first round. Uh, again, I, I, I figured that Washington had what it took to, to hang in there uh, a lot, but m the way I looked at it coming in and looking at all of the metrics, I mean, again, Houston is a historically great team, at least on paper, when you look at everything they, they bring to bear in all facets of the game, and now they're going to go down in history probably right alongside my 1995 Cleveland Indians as one of the better teams not to win the World Series that year. So Washington was a significant underdog in the public mind merely because of the caliber of the machine that they were going up against. And yet, I'm right. guessing that the players were able to use that as motivation and kind of have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, one would think. Oh, there's no question, there's no question that it uh, played a role and they had a chip on their shoulder. But the bottom line is, you know, you know, when it came down to it, again, it's what they did in the wild card. The game seven, they looked to the pressure court, instead of going to a bullpen guy, and, and you know, you saw what happened. I mean, it was, it, they, you know, he shut down, he shut the door. It was it was absolutely surreal to see it play out the way that I did, and I, I think for for most people in, in watching, and that was one of those things in, in watching the game. I mean, I will never forget this as long as I live. The the delayed call from Joe Buck, and I understand it was tough to see uh, on on Rendon's home run if it was uh, going to be fair or foul. But that was one of those deals where just it seemed like nobody could believe it, not least of which the guy doing the play-by-play -play, uh, when that happened, because it just turned on a dime so much, and all of a sudden it was a game where Washington really, you know, you could be forgiven for thinking they're not going to be able to come back from this at this point. The fact that Houston got the better of the starting pitching matchup on that particular night, which was contrary to what people were expecting going in. For, for Washington just to swing it the way that they did uh, is something that I think they're going to be talking about decades from now as far as Game 7 heroics. There's no question about it. And it's no one too, because of what I saw, I really believe the Nationals are going to be a dynasty. I think uh, this is not just the beginning. It's not a boot. As long as they can sign, sign Anthony Rendell and Stephen Strasburg, I think they're dynasty. I really believe that. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, so it... It leads to the question 
of whether they might or not in terms of what the budget is going to be, in terms of what ownership's going to be looking to do. I mean, this is a, and again, as a longtime frustrated Cleveland Indians fan, uh, I, I've been very, very uh, disappointed uh, with not plowing back the proceeds from winning seasons into the team. For, for Washington right now, whether it be merch, whether it be people coming out to the ballpark, whatever, things are going really well for them on a business end. What do you think the odds are that they'll step up and they'll be able to find a way to make it happen? Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I'll be shocked if uh, Steven Strasburg is international. I'll be shocked. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy who moves his entire family. This is a guy who moves his entire family to live in D.C. full-time. And uh, he did this just last year. So I, I say to myself, no way. I mean, this guy really grew to love in D.C. He left San Diego, which is a beautiful town. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him going to the Padre. And I see him staying uh, with the Nationals. I really, I really believe that. And uh, as far as my own goes, it's going to be interesting because the question is, uh, you know, obviously he wants, he wants to make similar money. Bryce Harper, and, you know, Anthony Rendell is better than Bryce Harper. I know they play different positions, but he's not mm -hmm. hitting wise. Um, the guy has a sweet strength, uh, very disciplined play. I, I, I tell you, I think it's going to, I think 50 50 that he stays uh, with the Nationals. With, with Spotsburg, I tell you, he stays. And just because he just, he just moved to DC full time. I just hope they'll see him rebooking his family again. He has two kids, a uh, wife, and uh, I just hope see him moving again. I just hope see Well, and, and this is... I, I really like the point that you made about a potential dynasty there, because I, I like whenever... Uh, a guest can get us thinking about things that, that weren't necessarily in the mind here. So the, the first thing, my first instinct upon hearing that is to, to look at this and say that uh, one of the things that, that baseball has really been lacking for and one of the things that uh, has really been a, a, a factor in the downturn of, of popularity and ratings and everything like that is that outside of Yankees-Red Sox, there really hasn't been a compelling rivalry that's really grabbed people in the last 20 years or so. I mean, even even when the Dodgers and Cubs were in the NLCS every year for a couple of years, if you're not in the same division, it's not quite the same thing. So again, Yankees-Red Sox, that's probably, nothing's going to be bigger than that, I suppose. But in terms of something that could be a real head-turner for baseball, I'm looking down in Atlanta at the team that actually won the division, at the team that actually in the regular season was better than the World Series champions. I mean, if you're saying that Washington is going to be really way up there the next couple of years, I think we all know the Braves are going to be too. That should be a hellacious clash of the Titans for the next couple of years then, Bill, if what you're saying it, it, it pans out to be the case. And it's not just the Braves now or the Nationals. Right. I mean, I think, I think the Mets uh, have a chance to really improve. Let's remember, remember now, they won 86 games. Yeah. 86 games. And so I, I think with Carl Beltran there, I really believe, even though he doesn't have managerial experience, I really think he will turn that team around. I really believe that. And I think they'll be even better than they were this past season. So, I'm telling you, it's going to be more than just the Braves and the Nationals. I just think right now, on paper, if I had to say how far can the Nationals go, I think they're good enough, depending on if they sign Strasburg and Rendell, to be out. It's just a one-year thing. Sure, yeah, because, you know, talent's never been their thing. It's been being able to execute, and now they have the confidence to, 
of knowing that they can. And yeah, you know, you look at the rest of the division there. Uh, well, nobody's going to be talking about Miami being a factor for as far as the eye can see, probably, for as much as young talent as there may be in the rotation in some areas. They're a ways off. But in Philly, you got Bryce Harper. He's going to be looking to prove that he's not. Uh, the latest uh, example of Bill Simmons's Ewing theory of where a team gets better when a guy leaves. So Philly's got some talent for the for the Mets. It's a thing where they still need more offensive depth. I'd say similar to what I said about St. Louis a little bit earlier, and it's it, it's actually really kind of interesting, isn't it? That St. Louis has got Goldschmidt and they've got Alfonso, so they're each anchored by uh, a, a first baseman there in that sense. But uh, that's a thing where the the, the Mets. Uh, they're going to have to have some more commitment from ownership to be able to uh, stick around in there more than they've had really ever since the Bernie Madoff uh, deal went down, uh, allegedly. But uh, th this this division, then, uh, this this could really be something super competitive at the top uh, for, for a ways out from the scenario you're painting. I, I think, well, you know, I think what you're getting with the Mets is that they have nice young talent. They do. You don't get yeah, Jeff McNeil. Yeah. You get Wilson Ramos there, and, and they start to I mean, you can't forget that. Right. So, uh, I, I just think, yes, uh, you know, if they can improve their both, I mean, the reason they, they didn't make the playoffs is because they're both. Right. So, so if they can uh, improve their both and maybe improve their bench a little bit, I just think, uh, you know, they're going to be tough there. I'm not going to underestimate that. And, and cause Veltron. I'm telling you, that team is a team to watch. Well, you know, if, if they want to get the most out of their money, Bill, uh, maybe uh, Robbie Cano could take some lessons on throwing a knuckler over the summer. Uh huh. That that would be something. Come back in the bullpen next year. Maybe he could earn his money that way. <laughs> I mean, when he was, you know, when he was uh, a disappointment, especially the first half. He came around uh, in the second half, but uh, I, I think uh, Robbie Cano, you know, can you know be better than you know than last year, and also you know. Very interesting. We'll have to see how that pans out. But uh, uh, as anticipated, uh, Bill, uh, a wonderful uh, conversation with you here, looking at the World Series for this year. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Bill Ladson from MLB.com, great baseball writer. Bill, uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And uh, don't be a stranger. Love to have you back on. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode number 1167. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all clear channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IAmBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 